Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Thriving Business, which is the Avalon podcast. And I am your host, Joe Collins. And um, today we're talking how to build a million dollar business. So this is the true episode one of our series on how to build a million dollar business in Canada. And I'm hoping to uh, just let everyone kind of know about, you know, what it takes to build to that million dollar level. Maybe you're beyond that. Maybe you're... Um, uh, smaller than that, but the idea is to build a million dollar business that actually works for you, not uh, kill you <laughs> in the process. So that's the goal of this one. And uh, in today's episode, I'm going to cover why a million dollars, like what what is so special about a million dollar revenue business. Um, so we'll get into that, some of the pitfalls of being a little bit smaller and why a million dollars uh, for revenue is is a great launching pad for a larger business as well, a, kind of a, a platform to start uh, the journey to the next level, which uh, I always consider to be five. I don't know why I do that. I kind of think of businesses being kind of really small, maybe micro businesses, then building up to a million and could kind of stay around that area indefinitely and run really, really well. Um, and then I kind of think of this next phase of uh, beyond that being up to 5 million. And I think in between is a little bit of a <laughs> scary area. I'll have to delve into that one day, but uh, I, I think there's some reasoning around that with layers of management and things. But uh, beyond that, after that, you're kind of looking 25 million plus. So that's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about a million dollars. What's so special about a million dollar business? Uh, and why is it the sweet spot for for building wealth and uh, a balanced lifestyle? Um, so let me start by saying a few things. So I want to make sure that it's clear when when talk about a million is that it's not exactly a million. I hope that's clear. But in that range, somewhere between maybe nine hundred thousand, although inflation's probably pushing that up, uh, up to maybe. Ooh, 1.4 ish million, uh, somewhere in that range is, is kind of uh, the sweet spot there. And the reasoning for that, and I'll delve into this more in the future or in, in later in the episode, but it's kind of that size where you can be the owner, not be relied on all the time, but you kind of still know what's happening in every part of the business. So we'll, we'll get into the details of that, but, but just quickly, that's, that's kind of the, the reasoning for, for that size, but we'll delve into to more of that. Um, but another few things to make clear is that I know there's, there's pitfalls of, of businesses of any size. Um, and if you find that a size is working for you, like, I don't know, maybe you have, you're a freelancer doing $250,000 in revenue or $200,000 in revenue with a, you know, a VA and it's working really well. Like this is not supposed to convince you that you should grow your business to a million. Um, if that's working well for you, I know there's some other little sweet spots, uh, for different size of businesses like micro businesses and whatnot. If you can, can, uh, manage some of the, potential pitfalls of those size of the that size. So I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But number two is no judgment <laughs> here. I'm not I'm not trying to judge anybody for being smaller or, or wanting to grow larger. I just think there's such an opportunity in this size to, to build a really fantastic life and business for yourself that that's why I'm kind of banging the million dollar drum. But uh, um, if you want to grow beyond that, 
by all means, or if you want to stay smaller and it works for you, this isn't supposed to uh, change your mind on that. But you might if you get a few things out of it, like like mitigating some of the pitfalls of, of a smaller size. Definitely, we'll, we're going to talk about that. And nothing's set in stone. So I, I think this is the the other thing is that you know when you grow to a million, it can be a platform to grow larger. It tends to be a place where you can sort of reevaluate what you want to do with the business. It's a great goal for smaller businesses to attain and see how it feels. How does that feel at that size? I know uh, other business owner I've been working with for, for a long time, um, you know, had, had a lot of plans to grow huge and, uh, but it was, it was always kind of, kind of a mixed group of, of goals that was really hard to focus on. And once, once they, sort of focused on that million dollar goal and like making that million dollar business work really well, I think it all became clear that that it could be a great launching pad. So nothing set in stone. You can definitely uh, grow beyond that once you hit that level. But one of the things, one, I guess to get into this topic, I want to cover a bit of set, setting the tone, setting the stage that Every business, no matter what size it is, kind of looks the same. And, and what I mean by this is that it has the same functions that need to be done. And it doesn't matter if you're $10,000 in revenue and just starting out or you're $10 million in revenue. There's certain functions that every business needs to cover. Um, and I think this is a key point that many business owners miss is like they think, well, I'm small, so it should be simple. And it's not <laughs> when you're small, you still have to do all the same things, maybe a little bit less of everything, but the functions still exist. And I'll go through the functions here and maybe that'll make it more clear. But uh, number one is, is strategy. So I think every every business owner, whether you do it or not, it has some like whether you do it as a formal process or not or write your strategy down. It, it, it is there. I mean, your strategy can be no strategy, but um, you know, whether you're intentional or intentional about it or not, your business still has values that represent certain things to the world, to the to your customers and clients. So that's all there. So th that still needs to be done and still is being done, whether you're a large business or a small business. So that's number one. Number two is sales and marketing. I mean, if I kind of group these together and they do get separated out as you grow. But if you're a smaller business, you kind of have sales and marketing kind of together. I think you want to make sure they're really close. Um, and I'll group them together for this, these purposes, but, uh, you'll have some variation of sales and marketing activities. It's like, you know, part of, you know, being small is you, you have to get scrappy. You can't spend a lot of money on your sales and marketing and business development, but you're still doing it. I mean, you still have contacts that you're nice to. And if you need a job, uh, if you're a freelancer, for example, and you need a job, you, you know who to reach out to. So those are sales and marketing activities still need to be done. You're probably still worried about it in the back of your head if you're working on a job and uh, you're not sure where your next job is going to come from. That's going to keep you up at night. So whether you're small or large, activities still need to be done in this area. 
Next up is operations. So the way you deliver your product or service, um, whether that whether you keep those processes in your head or they have them written down somewhere, um, it's it's the same between a small business and a large business. I mean, when you're really small, you keep everything inside your head, and that's cool because you know everything that's happening. But as you grow, there's aspects that get carved out, get siloed, and you have to build the connections between those silos or for those things to to operate properly. Um, and you see a lot of breakdown. Uh, well, not only in Avalon <laughs> or in our clients, but in Avalon as well. Um, as we've grown, you see these, these sort of silos develop. And it's our job to interconnect those silos together um, so that they work properly. Uh, you get a lot of advantages out of specialization between different aspects of your operations, but uh, still something that needs to be done, whether you're small or large. Next up is human resources. So even if you're by yourself, again, <laughs> it's how you treat yourself. Are you working 60 hour weeks? Um, you're engaged in human resources. If you're going to burn yourself out, um, not a great plan for the business long term. Um, and, uh, if you have employees, it's like, how do you treat them and, and, and that, and you can shortcut, you can do some things that, uh, aren't kosher. Maybe you don't follow employment standards or don't even know what the employment standards are. And you can get away with that because of your, your small size, but it only takes one, um, to really bite you on that. So whether you do this well or do it poorly, really, uh, up to you, to you as a business owner. Um, and we'll get into what it means at a, at a million, uh, shortly here. Um, next up is finance and admin. So no matter what your company size, I mean, you still, you're still required to file a tax return and do bookkeeping and keep track of what you're spending, register for licenses, buy insurance, et cetera. Uh, there's so much that goes into the finance and admin side. And again, you can shortcut things and we, I mean, it's one of the, the things that we see is, you know, new business owners two, three years down the road being like, oh man, I didn't, didn't keep up with my bookkeeping and I haven't filed a tax return. Can you help? It's like, yeah, I mean, of course we can help, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just a symptom of, I think when you start a business, you think, you know, some of the rules don't apply or something and, and you'll deal with them later, but later, later comes and uh, that can be a little bit scary. So every every business needs to to keep this in mind. And again, if you're a $10,000 business, yeah, you got to file a tax return. I mean, it's just the way it is. Uh, maybe the penalties are lower. But uh, <laughs> so that's my point is that there's table stakes for, for running a business of any size. Um, so it can come in the form of money spent on these on these required activities, or you can do it yourself. Um, but it's always that balance between money and time. And, uh, and honestly, part of the time isn't just doing it. It's like learning how to do it in a, in a way that's actually compliant <laughs> or actually helps your business grow. So that, that can be a challenge. So some of the pitfalls, and, and I'll go through some of the pitfalls of being being small, being less than a million dollars in revenue. And it's not to nitpick people that are this size or to say that you can't stay there. You definitely can. Uh, I, I think running a, a million dollar plus business is honestly more fun. You have a lot more. Well, we'll get into all the reasons why, but the purpose of this is not to say these pitfalls are are un 
unmanageable, you can mitigate some of these pitfalls. And that's why I mentioned them here. If you are smaller and want to stay small, uh, you can definitely mitigate these. So number one, you are resource stretched. So if you're the chief, if you've ever heard of the chief bottle washer and that's you, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But without higher revenue volumes, um, you can't hire out all the different roles. And we know that that's just that's just a reality of running a smaller style business is you have to fill in all the gaps. You have to maybe stay late, do the thing. If someone calls in sick, like you have to do that. So um, I think something that you have to realize for growth is that, believe it or not, like people like doing some of the stuff that you hate and you feel like, you know, you're, you're doing those things because it's your business and there's some self-flagellation that happens that, you know, you started that business, so you're going to, you know, take the pain. Um, but it's not necessarily the case. There are people that love doing that, that kind of work. Maybe there are the people that like to do bottle washing. <laughs> um, but when you're small, you do it all. So that is just the way it is. Uh, number two is you can't take a vacation. So because the often the business just stops if you're not around, you don't take a vacation. Maybe you, you could, but the reality is that it doesn't happen. You don't get a rest from your business or get to, to kind of put everything away and just take a breather. Uh, I know it had been years since I had taken a breather, like a full on phone off, not checking my emails <laughs> um, breather. I'm not sure that I've actually really done that yet. Um, but it it can make a big impact in the way you come back to your business refreshed. Um, and uh, uh, at least now I feel like if I leave Avalon, it still runs. Everything's going to be in order. It's more of my neuroticism that uh, that keeps me checking my my emails and making sure nothing's blown up. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's just the way it is. But with uh, with a smaller business, really hard to take a vacation. Um, you just have to shut down the business pretty much. Uh, number three is small disruptions have a big impact. So this is really, I mean, if you lose a client or maybe get a bad review on Google, <laughs> which you know is one of my big fears, um, or have uh, maybe two or three of your employees leave at at one time, like what does that mean for your What's that going to mean for your day or your week or your next month? Uh, it's really hard to kind of, you know, relax because, you know, you can think of just one of these things, which are completely natural things to happen in any business. Businesses lose clients and customers. Businesses get bad reviews on Google. Businesses lose employees. There's turnover. So when these normal things happen and you're small, it can make a big impact on your business and is actually can be, you know, really quite scary. So um, with a larger business, you know, if you have somebody in even in part time in an HR role that can, you know, fill that recruitment or, you know, backfill that position, move people around and that's not on you, that's going to be a, a huge help. Number four, kind of related to number one, but you need to self-sacrifice. So if you've ever had to cut your salary or not get paid in a particular month or done someone else's job for them, uh, you, you kind of know what I mean here. It's a necessary part of growing up as a business. I think we, we all go through it as we're growing our business, but it shouldn't, I don't think it should be the way a business is run long-term. Like you, you, you do have to do these for some, some period of time, but 
if you continue to do it this way, you're going to burn yourself out and become resentful of your business and kind of start to feel trapped as well. Because you know, once you do it once, then maybe everyone thinks, oh, that, well, I don't have to do that because owner will pick up the slack or whatever. And then you, you sort of dig yourself into a hole. So that's a big part of it. And the, the last one, number five, profit is really tough. And I think this is a really important one to cover is that if your revenue volume is lower, um, any percentage of, of revenue uh, can push you out of profit really, really quickly. Like if you take a bit of a revenue hit or you have an unexpected expense or, or things, again, normal things that happen in a business, um, can really impact your profit and, and keep you up at night for sure. So remember, profit comes after all the everyone has been paid, including you, your salary. So profit distributions are a result of your ownership, not the work that you do in the business. So that, that's an important point here. And so you should be rewarded for your ownership of the business, the, all the work that you've done up until this point that's been above and beyond what you would ever ask an employee to do um, is your sweat equity. And uh, you deserve profit for that. That's the, that's the whole idea of, of running a business. And so when you're smaller, uh, it, any disruption can cause um, a dip in profit and sometimes into a loss and things. So, you, you definitely want to um, consider that when you're smaller, profit is more difficult to achieve. On the flip side, I, I mean, talking about, you know, a million dollar business, I mean, there's no cookie cutter version of a million dollar business. So I won't, won't sugarcoat it that the size, this size of business, a million dollars in revenue could be a dream. It, it can't if you if you're intentional about how it's structured and and what your role in it is and hire out the right people for different positions where maybe you're weaker and you hire people that are stronger in those areas. It, it works really well, um, and that's what we'll cover in this series is how to how to do how to do that. Um, but without the proper foundations, I think a million dollar business could just scale any of the issues you're having at a, at a smaller revenue volume um, and could become your worst nightmare. Like really, you know, you grow into those issues and actually accountants are the worst for this. So if you think about an accounting business, you have like a partner and they are revenue producing people. And as they grow, if they were to grow to a million dollars in revenue, they might be covering half of that themselves. So they're probably working 100 hour weeks and, uh, you know, absolutely killing themselves. And every time something goes wrong, they have to deal with it. Like it, it is an absolute, it could be an absolute nightmare. And the same goes with any business is that if you're on the tools, technician type person producing, um, then this can, a million dollars can, can break you. I'm talking here about running a business where you actually work kind of on the business, you're the owner of the business and people, other people do the work. Um, you know, you may still be around, you're directing people and, and helping out with maybe management to some extent. Um, but actually doing the work is, is not kind of what I'm, I'm 
on about about a million dollars is not like increasing your hourly billable hourly rate and, and working extra hard to get to a million. It's like, how do you do that? And uh, not sit back and relax, but but have a have a, at least some balance in your life. Um, so what, what can you expect in a million? So number one, you will get some budget to spend on overhead. And yes, I'm an accountant and I'm telling you, you can invest in overhead costs. So done the right way. I think administrative support will level up everybody. Um, if you have somebody in the background, that's kind of making sure everything's running smoothly. Um, it makes the whole team more productive. Like if they're documenting processes and, um, maybe checking in with with customers or clients uh, that can be super helpful doing doing some of the more repetitive tasks that seem to drag everybody else down um, or you down it's going to level up the whole business so you get you do get some budget to spend on overhead which is is a it can be a level up number 2 you can take a vacation so it's kind of the opposite here without the business stopping is the point so by investing in overhead and you have processes in place and the people to do them to cover all those departments i talked about earlier then your business can keep running i mean if you're working on your business and you don't work on your business for a month or 2 weeks that's not such a big deal if you are the chief revenue producer and you stop you have to plan for months in order to do that because you still have to make payroll. People don't, people expect to still get paid. So um, something to consider there. Uh, number three, you're more resilient. I think a business uh, of a million dollars can, can take on some knocks. Some of those normal business things that happen, they're not ideal, um, but they have them. Uh, they just happen. So people leave customers get angry uh, and leave bad reviews um, big clients leave that that's just a part of, of running a business and is a normal, I don't think there's any way to prevent it a hundred percent. Um, but I do remember some of like invasive thoughts of early Avalon when we were a bit smaller, I would be just up at night worrying about, you know, a client leaving or an employee quitting. Um, and just it felt very fragile. I think it was like, well, if that person leaves, then, I'm going to have to do this. And it would just become like <laughs> my doom scrolling in my brain. Like it would just be terrible. So the fact is that the clients and team members will move on. It's better to have a business that can withstand some of these. And I think at a million plus you, you, you can withstand um, that and have people help for those normal things that, that happen in your business. Uh, number four is you can make a profit. I think at a million dollars, you've got some wiggle room here. Um, you, you can be compensated for one, the work that you do, and also the ownership that you have in, in, in terms of profit. So if you're aiming for a 15%, you know, profit on a million dollars, that's an extra $150,000 a year for the owner. That's, that's a good amount of money for, for, you know, a pretty achievable goal of 15% profit. I think, um, you know, and, and plus you get your salary for working on the business. And that kind of opens you up, frees you up to say, hey, maybe I could, you know, just be the owner of this and, and sit on the board and, and direct things, you know, once a quarter, and look at the numbers, um, but uh, not have to, to work unless you really want to. And that that's a total mindset shift too. 
next is purpose comes into play. And I think this, so this is where we're getting off of the opposites of, of being a smaller business. But when you get to a million, you can start to allocate resources to the purpose, the reasons why you started the business in the first place. So the idea here, and I always think of this is, you know, charity starts at home. So make sure your own needs are met first. I mean, you don't have to be crazy about it. Like it doesn't have to be mansions and, and things, but if, if you just have, you know, your own needs met for, for the time and money that you're wanting to achieve, um, as ambitious or, you know, just humble as you want them to be, once those things are in order, you're free to move on to the next aspect of having more purpose in your business as well. And you'll have the resources in order to do that. I think th this is something people miss is they try to do that too early, ends up sinking the business or it becomes a struggle. They never get, they never get their, their needs met first. And now they're giving from a place of weakness rather, rather than a, a place of strength. And I think, meeting those needs first. And those can be humble needs. It doesn't have to be making a ton of money or anything, but make sure those needs are met and then start giving from, from that place of strength. I think that's a really important thing for business owners and, and is more possible at a million, I think. Um, and number six, again, and, uh, not a counterpoint to being a smaller business, but it, it is a great launching point for, for building a larger business. I know I'm, I'm a pretty risk averse person, but not and not but not against growing larger if it's done in the right way um i do advise clients to get to this point like get up to a million before moving onwards and upwards so if you can nail the processes and things going on inside that million dollar business because you have good visibility about what's happening at that point you're not going to scale your problems you'll see those problems there you can start to snuff them out process wise or things being unclear on, on what to do in certain situations. Um, but uh, once you nail that, you can, you can expand that. You can say, these are what the roles are going to be. This is what the process is. Um, and at a million, you still have a pulse on, on all those things that are happening. Beyond that, once you're, you know, plus, uh, you kind of have to trust a lot of what's going on. You get little rumblings, I think, from from what's happening, um, you know, at the production level or, or at the, you know, in the operations, but you don't necessarily have the capability to just go talk to somebody on, you know, working and tell them how to do their job because they've got a manager and <laughs> it wouldn't be uh, good for the owner to do that. <laughs> Um, so in the upcoming episodes, I, I'll, I'll uh, give you the framework that, that we've followed and through trial and error, I think like every business is going to have that. There's no, I don't think there's one path to success, but there are some frameworks that, that I've found helpful, um, that I see patterns with, with other kind of successful business owners as well. Um, but the big takeaway here is that size does matter a lot. Very small businesses are inherently difficult to run because of their constraints, um, because some of the pitfalls, they can be mitigated and there's ways around them. Um, but uh, I think it's unnecessarily difficult when, you know, just growing to this size can, can alleviate a lot of those difficulties. Um, but it is a journey, you know, building value into your business and, um, 
you know, having, <laughs> while having that emotional stress of having people depend on you for their paycheck, um, it's no joke, right? It's tough. So uh, if there's one takeaway from this episode, um, well, maybe two is one growth into that million dollars in the right way is going to be helpful. Um, and number two, get help, like lean into help. Um, you know, podcasts like this hopefully are, are helpful. That's what I'm here trying to do. Um, outside eyes on your business, people that you can talk to that uh, don't really have a vested interest in your success is really helpful. Um, people that have done it before, um, obviously really helpful. And uh, I hope this series is going to be helpful as well. So I hope, hope you stay tuned. Uh, we'll have the YouTube videos and I get the blog posts up as well. So hopefully you enjoy those. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.